Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fucksters? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast. Welcome to it. How's it going? Mark Normand is here, comedian. Uh, he's he's one of the guys. He's you know I've interviewed some of his contemporaries. Like he's of the generation of Joe List, Sam Morell. He used to open for Schumer. He's appeared in all the places comics appear, and he has three one-hour specials. And I was a little reluctant to uh, to book him, not because I had anything against him. He's a very proficient, very funny. He's a good comic, old school, writing the jokes. But it was one of those things where I talked to his friends. I know his friends, and I know he's of he's sort of a, a, a part of that triumvirate of Morell and List and him. He's a New York guy. Came up in New York. Reminds me of a lot of the guys I came up with. He reminds me of a guy who came up in New York. But I didn't know if there I didn't know who he was. I'd watch his stand-up and I was wondering, like, is this who he is? Is this the the how he talks? Is this where he's coming from? What's in there? I just wasn't sure. But uh good joke writer, funny guy, watched a special, and I said, All right, it's time. It's time to have him on. And uh we had a nice talk. And it was good. It was a comedy talk. It was like the old days, back in the day talk. So I made it back from Florida, and it was it was a bit harrowing, but a bit relaxing. First trip out. I got to be honest with you, man. I I you know since I was vaccinated, thank God, get vaccinated, get peace of mind. But uh, I I took uh, I took a plane. I was in cars. I was around people. I was eating inside restaurants. And I was down in Florida, and I was surprised, man. I mean, for the rap that Florida gets, almost everybody indoors, for the most part that I could tell, was following the rules, still wearing their masks. I mean, it is a clusterfuck of humanity for both better and worse. But uh, most people were following the rules. It's weird, man. I'm starting to just... I'll tell you the mask thing. What I've learned over this last year is that um, if you just see people's eyes, they usually 99% of the time look terrified or pissed off. That's what eyes look like. If the windows of the soul are the eyes looking in, most of them pissed off and terrified, which is probably true. But my point is in civilization, in day-to-day life, 
you need the other half of the face to balance out the terror and the anger so people can kind of move through the world, you know, without other people getting nervous. The mass thing was all part of a necessity, but it was a kind of ongoing trauma in a way. We were all living in this PTSD of pandemic and plague and necessity, but I've grown to believe that you got to see the whole face to get the balance. You know, most people are terrified or angry, but if you got a smile or smirk or just uh, something to do, some dimples or just the rest of your face to balance out the terror in the eyes, it's a subtle mechanism all of that working together, all of that working in concert with each other, the eyes, the mouth, the nose, the expression, the full range of it, just the windows of the soul looking in, a lot of fear, a lot of anger. Makes sense. Some sadness. Get the mouth going and the nose in there, and you're like, well, that guy's all right. He's all right. Just the eyes. Oh, fuck. Is he all right? Are you okay? Rest of the face. Ah, he's going to be all right. That guy's all right. So, yeah, man, something shifted. Something has shifted. God knows the last year has shifted everybody. You, you know, we've all had our trials and tribs and horrors and obstacles. And, you know, just seeing my brother and his new girlfriend and seeing my nephew, you know, for dinner. We all went out to dinner. That was funny. We're the same, man. Same mother, same fucking monsters. Just the goddamn food issues. Holy shit, they never stop. And there's just this element, the Marin dynamic, I call it, where it's just whoever we're with, it's going to be dragged into it. Poor John's emaciated. My mother just crumples people into eating disorders. I love her, though. Not I'm not trying to be negative. But the funny moment was like uh, we were at this fish place and we were with his girlfriend, Julia, and... Uh, her kid and my nephew, Shy, and my brother. And I afterwards was like, I just saw him walk by with some Trace Leche's cake. I wasn't sure it was Trace Leche's cake, but I have a pretty good sense of what that looks like and what it is. And they had it. I don't know why they had it, coconut Trace Leche's cake, but I was like, fuck it. I'm getting that. Then my brother's like, they make their own ice cream here. And he looks at his girlfriend. He says, "We, I've had that. We've had that, right? And she's like, yes, we've had it. And then he asks... Uh, what did I say when I got it? What did I say? And I think he was looking to find out whether or not he liked it or he thought it was good. But I said, probably what you said is, why the fuck did I eat this? Why did we get this? And she laughed. And that made me realize Marin dynamic in effect. The slow drain of the eating disordered male on anyone who's around him. Ah, why, why, why? So we sat there and we ate the Trace Leche's cake and the ice cream. And we lost her dog for a while. That was nuts. Man, I don't want to... <laughs> you know, they haven't been together that long and they haven't lived in this neighborhood that long. And we took that dog out for a walk when I got there when she was still at work and that dog got away from us, man. And we were both wandering around this weird neighborhood, which is one of these kind of like uh, invented uh, small town kind of uh, developments where there's about five or six different small towny looking homes and a uh, choice of row house or apartments and they have a little manufactured uh, downtown area and everything's grassy and it's built around a golf course and this fucking dog took off and I had just gotten there and I don't really know her that well. I know my brother. I don't know how well he knows this dog, but this this dog was gone, man. 
And we're wandering around yelling for this dog, Riley, Riley. I don't even know Riley, but I'm starting to think like, man, if they don't find this dog and we get back to the house and she comes home, I might have to cut out because I don't want to be around for whatever's going to happen to this relationship or this situation or this evening. I just, uh, I might have to leave. That is that wrong of me? Good luck with the dog. Sorry, I got to go. I just don't know how to handle that. Yeah, I wouldn't have done that. So we're wandering around yelling for this dog. And uh, then I see his girlfriend walking towards me, you know, from about a block or two away. And I'm like, I don't know, man. We, we, the dogs, it's out. I don't know what happened. And she walks up to me. She goes, the dog's at the house. And I'm like, it is? Oh, thank God. Where's Craig? She's like, I don't know. Well, I, he's around. And she's like, the dog made it home, but I'm not sure he can. And I'm like, you're probably right. I can text him. He could probably use the GPS. But uh, he eventually found his way home. We just let him get there on his own. Dog made it, though. That was very impressive. Saved the evening. I didn't know what, if anyone, if any of us could have handled the dog. Yeah, he got me all nervous about you know alligators in the golf course pond and the eating dogs. And it was harrowing. But ultimately, I guess what I have to say is uh, I got along uh, better with my mother's boyfriend than I ever had. And uh, I think I understood him on a deeper level. You know, pain is a weird thing. Grief is a weird thing. And I was sort of like, why does this guy act like he does? And I realized like, well, we both, what do we share? How is this different than the last time that I saw this guy? And, you know, I, you know, I'm a changed man because of heartbreak and grief. And I realized that he is that as well. And maybe that's at the core of it. Maybe there was an understanding there that I didn't quite, uh, wasn't quite able to access before. But anyways, they're alive. We're all right. And uh, I'm grateful and fat. I don't like cheesecake. I don't, but I ate it and it was good. I ate some. And Trace Leche's cake. Did I mention that? Why the fuck did I eat this? Seriously, why? Why the fuck did I eat this? I will be on the Tonight Show tonight. Thursday, May 6th, if all goes well, I will be doing my first stand-up spots in over a year on Friday and Saturday in the original room at the Comedy Store. And right now, I will be talking to Mark Normand. His recent comedy special, Out to Lunch, can be seen on YouTube or at marknormandcomedy.com. He also co-hosts the podcast Tuesday with Stories, along with Joe List. All right, we finally did it. Here's me talking to Mark Norman. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school, or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature, and now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Fox Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Fox Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts
What's that social for? Are you going to post me up on the... I'll put you on the stories and all oh, that. yeah? You do you the know. whole thing? I, I do it now. If people make fun of me, I'm 37. What do you mean? Why do they make fun of you? It's like what we do, isn't it? I, I know, but I thought well, you got into this to write jokes and be funny and, you know, cut up on a late night show and now all of a sudden I'm uh, documenting my life and everything's content <laughs> and, you know, you see a guy dead in the street, you're like, hey, this is something. <laughs> Selfie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a nightmare, but it's part of it. It's like an IV drip. You got to keep it coming I, I do i guess that's true because i do it but i don't know if i'm doing it to uh uh to sell or to maintain the brand i think i'm doing it because i'm compulsive and i need to be witnessed and not feel alone in the world yeah but in <laughs> in 1999 you you didn't need it no you didn't need anything but it, yeah. you know was i happy <laughs> was, I, was i feeling validated on a daily basis well now you're successful though that's different i guess yeah i mean i started doing those instagram lives just because i wasn't doing stand-up mm. so i needed to uh, feel like i was engaging in something yeah yeah i'm over here by myself and it's sort of like am i even funny am i is that still working do i still have that muscle of course well not to, but you have this giant i exposure know. every week right that's why i'm saying it's like it's not really about exposure it's about me not losing my sanity or yeah. disappearing into myself totally so well that's how we are we want people's <laughs> approval and validation but we don't want to talk to you you know <laughs> i want I, I think i want people's approval just to go like nah you're wrong <laughs> yeah you don't know yeah we all read the reviews we still hate them but we read them <laughs> i like a review where you're sort of like if, if it's a little bad but smart i'll mm. take it yeah, that's constructive. Yeah, don't you ever read reviews and be like, "Oh, that that makes sense." You I read that? every comment. You do? Yeah, oh, because I can't do that. It's it's a nightmare, but you get some good in, info out of it. Do you get like pushback, uh, like on? Oh yeah, because I watched a special. And wow, you, you, thanks. Yeah, that, that means a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's good. And you, but you write a line with things, and you do it on purpose. And I just yeah. want because it's sort of like you're kind of uh, doing the um, uh, a sort of uh, stealth. Uh, uh, equal opportunity offender thing. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. you're not making a meal out of it. Like, hey, I fucking piss off everybody. No, I don't want to be that guy. Right, but it's like, it's the subtext is it's sort of like, oh, he's getting everybody. You yeah, know? <laughs> but I don't know. I went to public school. That's kind of how it was. Everybody got a hit. Yeah? And I feel like it was better. This whole kid gloves, eggshells is kind of condescending, I feel like. I think there is definitely a limit to it. You, yeah. you know what I mean? And I think that there are there are things that seem to hurt a lot of people that are unnecessary. And then, sure. But then there's always that part, especially if you're a comic, where you're sort of like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> and like, oh, I'm the only guy who's having dark, weird, fucked up thoughts? Come on. Well, that's the other thing. What was that? Uh, there was one joke in there. I can't remember. What was it about? It's, oh, like you don't always say what you're thinking. Yeah, you yeah. can't. <laughs> You get but, shot, but everybody right, but everybody kind of has that inner dialogue yes. going. But that's the whole the idea about that because I think about that too. It's sort of like, man, we got to have the freedom to say whatever we want. But the thing is, is that there is this basic premise that in order to maintain civilization, <laughs> we have yes. to behave a certain way. Yes, completely. That's why whenever a celebrity gets drunk or gets honest, it's yeah. so en en engaging. It's so enticing, and right, intriguing. Right. Like, because... yeah, that guy's really a fucking animal. Yeah. He's a monster. But I am too, but he let it out, yeah, and I yeah. got to see it. Yeah, and I can keep mine in, because I saw what happened to that guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, life's kind of like a reality show, and when you get in trouble, it's like, all right, they got eliminated. I'm still going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta. I'd like to be out of the game entirely, not the game nice. of life, but uh, it'd be nice. Don't you? Do you ever feel that way? Where you're like, uh, oh, I gotta. Time. I don't want to be doing this. But, I don't want to be. I don't want to be public. Anymore. I know, I know. But then twelve minutes later, you're like, 
I, I miss just, everybody. Yeah. I need you. Yeah. I thought of something. I got to put it out there. It's like when you're, yeah. you're dating someone, you're like, God, this sucks. I hate her. I got to get out. She smothered me. And then you're yeah. single for seven minutes and you're like, please, please come <laughs> back. I come need you. Please. I need somebody to resent. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. When did you, do you, you live out here now? No, no, no. I just pop in. Oh, really? Yeah. So when did you fly out here? Yesterday. I did uh, Wise Guys and then flew here on Sunday. Wise guys in Salt Lake City. Yeah, good club. It is a good club. Now, what uh, what are they doing there? Is it distance still or no? Yeah, it's capacity. It's definitely smaller, uh, which feels cool because you sell out, so you feel cool. What's that guy's name again? Keith. Yeah, I love that guy. Great Keith guy. Stubbs. Keith yes. Stubbs. Good guy. Yeah, I'll go best. work out some shit out there. There you go. Like it's not like I don't do that market in in a big way. I do the club. Like mm. I can do small theaters in most in a lot of places, but the places I don't, I'll go work out the hour there. I go work out there. I there like that go. city. It's a weird. Yeah. It's one of the only uh, functioning uh, theocracies mm. in the uh, country. <laughs> yeah, but, but I kind of like it. I don't know. It's I do too. It, it mixes it up. It's different, and they go the other way. You know, they can't drink coffee or beer or or have sex or be gay, but then they're like covered in tattoos. They're all ripped. And they love porn. Yeah. <laughs> they love sister porn. That's their number one search Is in Utah. You, where'd you find that out? I Googled it. Really? Yeah, yeah. And I did a sister porn joke, and they're like, ah, how do you know? They love it? They love it. Weird. So that's you feel- how everybody balances. That's. I guess that's balance. I don't know what that's balancing. You know? Yeah. <laughs> no coffee, but I want to fuck my sister. <laughs> you know how it goes. It's a balancing thing. It's like Cosby. You know, <laughs> pull your pants up, but I'll, you know, put you to sleep. Yeah, that guy. But Utah, I find it to be very clean. Do you f- you really found like there was a lot of Mormons at your shows? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I would ask. Oh yeah, and how? What was the percentage? Like, how, I never got. I got the feeling I got the people that were like, "Yeah, we live here, but we're not one of them." There's yeah. a lot of that too. <laughs> but there's a lot of people like I don't go to comedy shows unless it's squeaky clean because I don't know what you're gonna say. Right. Yeah. Well, that's that's how. Uh, uh, Brian Regan and Jim Gaffigan make the bulk yeah. of their money. <laughs> I know they're every year killing it. They Clean do comedy. Well, no, but they 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 rely on the Mormon market. To, you think? They, I know that Brian does. I talked to him mm. about it. Like he'll do a week there at a basketball arena and make his year's money. Wow. I mean, that's what drives that guy. Yeah, is well, that Mormon thing? My friend opened for him, and he said they don't even care if you're funny. They just want you to not be offensive. Right. That's and it. The Mormons. Yeah. So you've been working the whole th- way through this thing. Uh, I took a little bit of time off when it was real scary, but but what uh, was the work that you could do? I mean, like I don't I, like I just decided not to do outdoor shows. I can't do it. They're the worst. I, yeah, it was like I work too long to have to do that. Even yeah. if, even if it's all that's available, I can live without it. Sadly, I found that uh, not having comedy was like great. Like I was surprised. Really? Yeah, I was surprised that like because I I'll go out. And do it every week because I have to. That's the kind of work ethic you come up with in mm. New York. I think you came up with it the same way. Oh, yeah. That there's this idea that, like, you know, I got to get on stage at least once a night and work this thing. Yeah. And that's the ethic I grew up in. And I kind of like always stayed with it. I did sets like three or four times a week in town. But then when it went away, I was sort of like, no one's doing it? Okay. Well, then it's okay. That's what made I'm it gonna... easier. Everyone cutting back. Well, they had to. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I don't have to worry about what that guy's doing. Exactly, Great. I'm going to exactly. take a break. Yeah. <laughs> and it was nice. It's kind of like when the power goes out for Hurricane Sandy. You're like, I'm lazy, but what can I do? The yeah, power's yeah. out, you yeah, know? there's no, I'm not going to light a candle and write a thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Use like, a pen. Right. So... Yeah, I I jumped around, but I'm the opposite of you. I went the other way. Yeah. I need it. I got to get up. I got to go out. I got to do something. 
even if it is horrible, but then I filmed it. That was my win. Uh-huh. I was like, I'm going to go to the park and do a show and bomb and get stung by a mosquito and get bitten on the neck by, uh, you did, know, or get a bird shit on my you, head. Did you know that was all going to happen before you did it? Or did any of those things happen? Yeah, we got some stuff. Then you get the kid, he kicks a ball and hits you while you're doing your oh, big closer. Yeah. Oh, good. So, that happened? Yeah. So it's all on tape. It's Park Norman. I put it on YouTube. So okay. I just went in on like, let's... Talk about how silly this is. Let's be in it. Yeah. So you feel like you you need like I mean I guess I do a lot of other shit. I do this thing you know twice a week and mm. I was you know in a bad mental space. But um, so you felt you needed it. Yeah, yeah. I got. Are no... you one of those guys? You don't know who you are. If you're yeah, not completely. Before <laughs> this, I was rudderless, booze bag, a mess. A booze bag. Yeah. I mean, I'm huh. kind of hungover now. Are you? This is so early, man. I didn't ask to do. Whose idea was this? Mine. <laughs> I don't know. I heard ten o'clock, and I said, uh, "All right, whatever he wants." Oh, really? I, I didn't uh, like. I, that's out of my. That's out of my purview. The booking. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Mm. I apologize. So you're hungover. Were well, you drinking? I'm okay. I'm you okay. drinking at home? Were you drinking? I, in I Utah? Went out, you know, I went out with a few friends last night. Where'd you go? Well, I got some friends. You know, I'm in L.A., so I want to see them. So we just hit up a couple of bars, and the nothing, bars are open. Nothing too crazy. Yeah. Outdoors or indoors? Indoor. Half. Really? Half. Yeah, yeah. But is everyone vaccinated? You yeah, find yeah, I yeah. think so. But I'm, I'm fine. I'm vaccinated. Yeah. But yeah, I knew I was coming here, so I took it easy. And uh, I, thanks for uh, not bumping me for Richard Kind, by the way. <laughs> That's a get. <laughs> but did I? No, he was here uh, last week. Oh, I just saw the tweet. Yeah. I oh, know. it comes out. Yeah, I get it. See, I record it. Smart. It's not live. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't out right now. You're not Howard Stern. No, we're not taking calls. Hold on, we got a caller. Yeah. <laughs> Sleepy so, in Seattle. Um, when you came, like, I feel like you're of this crew. Like, I, it's taken me a while to get around to you. I've known of you, and I've seen you oh. once or twice before. You used to open for Amy, right? Yeah. Mostly, like, a lot? A lot, for yeah. years. Yeah. And uh, But you seem to be of the uh, the crew of, like, Joe and Sam. Yeah. Right? Joe List, Sam Morell. Is that how you pronounce those? Those are my guys. Yeah. Yeah. Would you just say it's you, Sam and Joe? There's got to be some. Well, other we're ones. the we're the joke psycho weirdo get up a lot comedy nerds. We know everything about comedy. We read the books. We talk about comedy. We really. Yeah. Well, that's what I've noticed because I notice that like like watching Sam like he opened for me years ago, so I kind of know where I he's coming that. from. He it was in. Uh, uh, you know, Rooster Teeth Feathers. Wow. In uh, in in uh, Sunnyvale. Sunnyvale, yeah. And uh, Joe, I didn't really know that well, but like, you know, I knew he was around, and I knew he'd come from Boston, and I come from, I started in Boston, really. So when I watched him, I'm like, oh, these guys are, they're, they they need to be reckoned with, these fellas, <laughs> these these joke fellas. And we just I, care about it. We want to do well. We 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 respect the art form and all that crap. Well, no, I get it. You know, there's a lot of us that do, you know, but there are certain dudes that, like, there are joke machines. Yeah. There are guys who approach it differently. Yes. But you guys are all really kind of like jokesmiths. We joke guys, but we still have fun. Like, me and Sam like to throw a few back every now and then. We still get kooky and cut up and say horrible things. Well, that well, yeah, of course. I mean, that's part of the life. I hope so. But, uh, but it is sort of like... Um, it it's a timeless mode, the joke telling mode. Yeah, like, I, like I'm a long form guy, but there's always jokes in it all the way through. I'll write jokes, but there are guys that come from like the Atel school. Yep, yep. Who are like sitting there, like you know, doing jokes like math problems. Like there's yeah, there's like a compulsive nature to sort of putting these jokes together. You don't feel worthy of life if you're not writing a new joke. Is that you? No, no, that's Atel. <laughs> But I, I try to watch him and 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 not be that all the way because no. I don't want to you know I don't be 
You know, smoking, it'd be a towel. Yeah, it'd be the sober guy smoking, dressed like a janitor at, at seventy-one. <laughs> you know, and I love the guy, but I'm just saying he's like a hero. He can write some fucking jokes, though. He's right? Brilliant. He's, <laughs> when he dies, where everybody's finally gonna blow him as much as he deserves. Oh, you think so? Yeah, because he's just right there now, like a bridge troll. So he's not getting the love. <laughs> but also, he's talking about you know coming on my ass or whatever it is. So I think people don't realize how genius he is. Oh my god, he can like I used to. We used to watch him like. Well, uh, when we were all starting out and he'd be at the cellar and he'd st- we'd be there every night and he'd have a great joke and then he just watch as the week goes on he just keeps playing with it until it turns into garbage <laughs> just, he'll keep tooling the joke until it just turns into not funny <laughs> yeah. but where did you grow up though? New Orleans, Louisiana born and raised how come you don't talk funny? I was conscious of it as a kid and I knew I didn't want to go the southern drawl route <laughs> it doesn't work for me you knew that then? Yeah, yeah. I hate that yaddy kind of Cajun-y But what, your parents are from there as well? Yeah, yeah. But it is kind of a city city, so it's still a hub. If you go 10 minutes outside, you're you're fishing and shooting gators and stuff. Right. But yeah, no. So, but like generations your family's been there? Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you don't talk like it at all? You just no. Does your brother, you have brothers or sisters? Yeah, I don't know. We grew up pretty... You know, middle class, it was fine. Grew up in a uh, black neighborhood right outside of the uh, French Quarter called Treme. So there was not a lot of Treme, Southern- where they made the show there. Didn't That's I... right. Yeah. Yeah, that show stunk. Yeah. But I like those guys. <laughs> yeah, David... yeah, Sure, David Simon. Yeah. Simon, yeah. Yeah, he's a good, he's a smart guy. The Wire. What'd your, like your father do? What kind of, what kind of world? Uh, they were both, my dad was a lawyer and my mom taught law at the college. Really? Yeah, so like at Tulane were, or where? UNO, University of New Orleans, but they were, uh, they were, you know, book, book types. Uh-huh. You know, my brother's this genius kid. He and, is? How uh, old, is he younger or older? He's two years older than me. I'm talking perfect son, Peace Corps in Africa, helped the, uh, you know, people in Guinea. Really? And then like what now he you? works for this big, uh, computer thing. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know anything, but it's it's very impressive. You've got it's two your older brothers. Yeah. Smart guy went to straight to college, skipped a senior year of high school, went to the best high school in New Orleans, the whole <laughs> thing, and I'm telling dick jokes in Utah. <laughs> wait, wait, so did you get along with him? Yeah, we're cool. Our family is a little uh, stoic. It's very uh, – my parents were military, you know, so uh-huh. it was kind of uh, – yeah, you do your thing, I do my thing, and we'll see you at breakfast and then kill <laughs> they, yourself. They were both military? Yeah, both they, they both went in the army together, my parents. Really? Yeah, because they wanted to travel the world. They were broke. Uh-huh. So they did that. They, they were, were jags. Oh, yeah. and they did it. They traveled the world? Traveled the world. Uh. Pretty cool. But so your bro, your brother, now, did you feel like you're like in the shadow of that guy? or As a kid, yeah. I mean, I was the idiot. I just liked jokes and comedy, and they were so smart, and I wanted to watch all TV. Yeah, oh yeah. They all just had their head in a book. <laughs> My brother knows Doss. He knew Doss in like 88. Yeah. So uh, it was tough. You know, I like Groucho and, and, you know, and Living Color and all this other shit, and it was weird. Yeah. Did you have friends that were- <laughs> Yeah. My friends were idiots. We, we used to just skateboard, and we cut up and chain wallets and all that shit, running around the city- that was the cool thing about the parents is they let you go. They didn't give a shit, but they also let you do anything. So it was kind of bittersweet. So they didn't, what, they gave up on you or? They, they just, just said, you do your thing. Don't bother us. Really? Yeah, which I liked. But your brother, you know, so there was no pressure in the house? Your brother was just naturally driven? Yeah. Yeah, he, he was his own uh, machine. He just pushed himself. Sense of humor? Yeah, you know, he likes comedy, but he's not zinging. Isn't it, right, but I mean, but isn't it weird? Like, it's so hard when you have- 
when you choose to do this life until you make some sort of success of yourself, the attitude that uh, family members give you is like, well, how's that? Uh, oh, nightmare. Why aren't you on SNL? Yeah, yeah. What, what, do you know, uh, my father once said to me, you should call Bill Maher. He seems to have <laughs> figured it out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why wouldn't everybody just do that, Dad? Yeah, just call him. Hey, Bill, my dad told me to call. I know. Uh, Getting Conan was a was a game changer. They were like, oh, okay, we've heard of that. Yeah, we've heard of it. Yeah. But no, they never watched it. No. It no. was so weird, dude. There were so many shows I was doing that they couldn't figure out how to fucking watch. So even- <laughs> Even when I was doing shows, <laughs> yeah, they were like, I, "Wait, I don't. Where? How do you see that?" Yes, my mother's gotten a little more proficient, so she like is able to see that I'm actually not lying, and the shows I'm doing exist. Right, I've met Obama. Yeah, <laughs> but do you do you want her to hear this? I kind of like that my mom is not like downloading iTunes and getting a podcast app. There's some shit I don't want her to hear too. Well, that's a good question because I take some shots at my mom, and uh, and she takes it pretty well usually, but yeah. she's. It turns out it, it seems to to me to be her only way of seeing how I'm doing. I don't <laughs> I don't stay in touch enough, so she'll listen to the podcast or watch me on Instagram. It's a little weird when I see her name scrolling up on Instagram, commenting. Oh, weird! I know. <laughs> oh no! Not Worlds much. Are colliding. But one time I said something about her. I just saw her fucking little face come up and it said, "That's not true." <laughs> okay. She heckled you. She I, did. She joke checked you. That's what happens on Instagram. It is heckling. It's a nightmare. It's all just, here's why you suck, here's why you're shitty and I'm right, and yeah. you're like, can't we just get along? Right. So you, didn't, so you didn't go to the good high school in New Orleans? I went to the public school growing up, and then I we I was a bad kid. Like, what is that? How did that manifest? You know, uh, staying out late, vandalizing. Did you get busted? All the time, busted, fighting, whatever it was. Busted by cops? Cops, teachers, you know, whatever. <laughs> and then, so my parents sent me to Catholic school to kind of get my shit together. And that work? No, that was way worse. <laughs> I mean, these kids are way drugged out because they had some money. So they had a little more privilege and, you know, fast cars and uh, big houses and yeah. parents who were checked out. So yeah. we really ran amok. Yeah. Like it was the, great. The Catholics were fun. Oh, man, were they wild. And You're the not sex, Catholics? No, nah, big atheist. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, it was great. It was the whole fun. family's atheist. Yeah, they're intellectuals, so yeah. they they don't see that. It's not a religion thing. Just nah. wasn't there. Yeah, never an issue. Never an issue. Never came up. I would go to church with my friends after a sleepover because yeah. they'd just bring you when yeah. you're eight Isn't that or nine. Weird? Was that weird? Super weird. I hated every minute of it. Like I can't believe church? how culty it was. Yeah, like Catholics. Catholic. Well, that's heavy because it's like heavy. sometimes a different language. So like, yes, the tongues yeah. forever and ever. <laughs> Crazy. The communion, the kneeling, <laughs> brutal. And then you go to college or you didn't? How do you get to New I York? I failed How out of three colleges. What I was a fuck, mess. What the fuck, dude? Yeah. What, were you just drinking? Drinking. I lived in a house with five guys and I don't know. Like just, that's all you need to say. You know. Yeah. The yeah. five guy house. <laughs> it was poker and beer pong and, you know, pool and we had a hot tub and it was it was wild. We had some great times. Also, so glad I was alive before cell phones. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, I just didn't give a shit. I didn't care about math or biology. And uh, what colleges did you go to? I went to UNO, failed out. Then I went to Baton Rouge Community College. You failed out of community college? Well, I just kind of stopped. Uh. And then I got into this place called Southeastern. I'm really this is like a C club here. You yeah. Know? And uh, f I found comedy. Moved to New York before I finished, and my parents said you just got to finish. So I finished online, which is a huge joke. 
Yeah, well, that's how kids have been going to school all year this year. <laughs> I know, it's nothing. I just had the book open, and I'm answering all the questions. Oh, my God. So, a joke. where do you start doing comedy? In New Orleans? New Orleans, which is not much. Low ceiling. There's a guy there. Wasn't there a guy named, like, Wild Bill? Or... Yeah, Wild Bill Dykes. Yeah, Wild Bill he Dykes. He was, like, the guy. He was right. the, the staple. And we were young and, and impressionable, so he would kind of alpha us. Come right. in here. Let me take you under my wing. Let me show you what's what. Right. And we all just went with it. And this is before you could Google anything. This was right. just like you had to figure it out, phone book, but comedy was it, clubs. Where, where, yeah, but where was the place there? Uh, a place called Lucy's Surfer Bar. And so it, it was, wasn't a comedy club? No, nah, it was just the upstairs of a bar, but it was a great room, and uh, it was once a week every Tuesday, and every comic in the city came, and I just fell in love with it immediately. Who are the guys? I mean, any of them we know? No, you know, two of them died, heroin, and two of them moved to New York with me. They've quit. One moved to L.A., one's a writer. Sean Patton's still going. He's Sean. killer. He was your. He was one of your guys? Oh, yeah. Well, he, I looked up to him. He was huge. Sean was, that's right. He Funniest was his, guy. Folks were in the restaurant business, the catering Yes, game. exactly. Hmm. Yeah. He is a funny guy. He's a, he's a New Orleans guy. Yeah, he grew up outside of New Orleans in Slidell, which is like our Staten Island. <laughs> you know, it's kind of trashy. <laughs> so that was how it went, huh? Yeah, and and Sean's the only one that surfaced. But I knew, I was like, this is it. You know, you know you're know, you so rudderless. You, there's zero going on in your life. You got no prospects. So I, I just had a kernel of something with comedy, and I just went full force. Well, what, what gave you... The you know the the idea that you could do it as a life. I mean, who was it exactly? It Is was it, just a shot in the dark. Let's try this. What else am I got? I got nothing you, else. Who going were you on. guys when you were watching? Like that made because like a lot of people are sort of like I had no idea you could make a living at it. But you're of a different generation. It was clear that some people could make. Like in your mind, you're like I could succeed at this. I guess, but I figured if I could just do this and not have a day job, to me that's it. That's right. all I need. Okay. And so I said, let's try New York. What what I got to lose? I mean, we're we're losers. So you went with. But you went as a crew? Yeah, me and three guys moved up. Sean was already there, so he was kind of the benchmark. And then we went up went up and met him. He kind of showed us buddies? the ropes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, okay, so Patton showed you around. Yeah, and we did the alt scene back yeah. then. All these bar rooms, Creek in the Cave, all that stuff. I was too scared of the clubs. Really? Yeah. Because you're like, it feels to me like uh, you fit the clubs more than the alt scene. Now I do, for sure. I just like an audience. I like a set time. I like a microphone that works. Yeah, I know. I get it. But I, like, it's weird because the alt scene had a certain um, uh, tone to it. And it, I guess a lot of you guys, though, who, who ended up really kind of broader club acts mm-hmm. had to start there because that was more of the... It was more of like an open mic thing. It was, yes. it was more forgiving. Yes. So you could fucking work out. Exactly. There was no like... That's that's true. That's weird. I never thought about that because the the sort of major clubs, the open mic thing don't happen that much anymore. There was no, no like they just went away because there any people could find these other fucking outlets yeah. to figure out how to do it. Exactly. You had to because you were so green. You didn't want to expose yourself at a comedy club with paying customers. But the comedy clubs used to have open nights. Know, I know. But they really don't the anymore. Midway, do. The road still does. Oh, they do? Yeah, you go to Omaha, they got the open mic night. On Monday or, or Sunday or whatever. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. But wow. now, I mean, and I still like the alt. I still do it. I still embrace it. I think it's sure. cool. Sometimes they're getting a little a little on edge where they're like analyzing your act. You're like, come on, this this kills. But it's like there was no, it was weird because there wasn't much business in it. It was just, there was a, an attitude to it. But if you could get laughs, because a lot of times I imagine you'll notice that, you know, there are acts that try to be alt and there are acts that come out of alt that don't, that didn't necessarily really surface and have the ability to play a general club. Yeah. And then, you know, it, even if you're not alt, as long as you're fun, I've seen total hacks 
kill an alt room. <laughs> I know, right? It's right? true. Well, there's they, alt hack too. That's true, but I mean, but it's like it's not that discerning a crowd. They're just mm. of a fashion. Yes, yes, exactly. But they won't laugh at certain stuff because it goes against their fashion. Yes, they're, which they're I think little, is silly. A little nervous. Yeah. Everyone, everyone's a little nervous. We're what all are you gonna a do, little Martin? nervous. I get it. I feel like this is so comedy in depth. We're gonna lose a lot Wait, of housewives. What we do? All right. What do you mean? Would you misunderstanding my audience? I think. <laughs> I mean, I'll talk all day, Buckeye. I just don't want to bore the uh, the fat guy in Milwaukee who's just mowing the lawn. That, no, he'll he'll enjoy it. All right, don't worry, it's good. Yeah, he'll you know he's happy to hear you talk about the big city. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> this is hitting one percent of people. No, it's not. This is like this is why I used to do this all the time. All right, this all is right. how it started, Mark. That's true. I was this a listener from started. the get go. And you remember the days. Hell yeah. Just me apologizing to comedians. <laughs> <laughs> me apologizing to people I've known forever. Are we good? Yeah, we are good. Uh, you and I are good. I, I kind of, avo- I don't know why it took so long to get around to you. Well, there's 8,000 comics now. I get it. No, but like, uh, like I think there's probably some old manny kind of like, you know, like, what, who is this kid? Of you course. Know, like, I have that with young people. You do? Like, yeah, well, like some it. TikTok queef. I'm like, what do you know? <laughs> Go write something. But so then tic- he's fam- more famous than I am, so uh, he's doing so something right. That's, that's, what, that's where you're, the resentment is, the TikTok guys. Yeah. Well, what do they have, dude? And it's like, the thing is, it's like, you do a job. You can do a job. Did you record that thing at Dynasty? Yeah. No shit. I love that room. Yeah, I do too. I work out there all the time. Very ulti. It is, but to me, in order for me to write... I need uh, the space to just sort of stretch out. Uh-huh. So, and it, like, I don't care what the audience is there. I, usually my people come, but I just need to be like, I just got to work out some shit. I don't know. That's too selfish. Is too it? indulgent. How is do you it? do it? I mean, they already like you, so that's different. No, it's the only way I can, I can organize my shit. You write things down like math. I feel I talk things through. Yeah, I just don't want to bother anybody. No, but I let them know. Like, I, pro- I say, look, this isn't a big show. I'm not sure where it's going to go, but if you want to see me fucking... You know, noodle okay. and ramble for an hour and a half. Yeah. Come down. And they come. And they come. Sure. Wow. It's a small room. It's not a huge pricey ticket. All right. All right. I used I... to do it for five bucks at the Steve Allen. Now that I like. Yeah. That's I, fun. I used to do I used to do those shows at the Steve Allen Theater before closed for like five dollars and I give it all to the theater. Whoa. I just need to I need to improvise through shit so see what sticks. Yeah. I just can't. I, I don't have the self esteem. I but, feel guilty. Yeah, I can't but you, do it. but you like write things down. You are like, I've got this joke. Now I know the joke. Now I'm going to bring it on stage and yes. do it. And and I do tweak, of course, on stage. You no, listen after. You go, that's got to go. Keep that. Me, like I write something down, like you know, flying cats. <laughs> And then I get up there and like see stretch it out. Yeah, what does that even mean? But the, that takes guts because that silence, I panic, I frazzle. That's oh, the worst. But you, that frazzle, I think pushes you to write. Well, it, what it does is it what it it's fight or flight a little. That's bit what it is with creativity. It's, like, it's cornering yourself. Yes. Like, if I'm really funny, I should figure out a way out of this silence. <laughs> I know, but then you end up making a Jew joke or a pussy joke just because you're freaking out, or just like uh, j- yeah, just go down the fucking pit yeah. of, of myself, which sometimes is funny. That's true. Like, like That's just true. to be able to be like, look where we are, <laughs> and I did it. Yeah, and you saw it. Yeah, I yeah. exposed myself for you. It's your fault. Yeah, I know, and you feel so vulnerable, but it kind of feels good. No, well, that's uh, that's where it happens, you know? Mm-hmm. You, that's vulnerability. Well, yeah, the vulnerability thing. You avoid it? Yeah, oh, yeah, come on. I, well, that's what I, well, that's, what I, that's honestly the issue that I had, I think, going into this in terms of 
Like, why haven't I talked to Mark Norman yet? Uh-huh. Because like I'll watch the set and I'll watch an hour and I'm like, I'm not, but like, where where is he at? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who I is get that, that a lot. Guy? I what's get he, that a lot. Like, what's he dodging? This fucking guy. And I'm dodging it all. <laughs> all the pain, all the weirdness, all the awkwardness. I feel everything. You do. Yeah. Some and, people say, oh, you're a sociopath. And I go, well, if I was, that wouldn't hurt my feelings. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. So, like, has it always been a way for you to kind of, I guess it is for all of us. It's a dumb question to avoid the fucking, you know what I mean? It's like, it's a way to have complete control over your dumb world. There you go. That's all we want. That's what comedy <laughs> is. Harry Shearer said it best. I know. Comedy's, uh, I think he can, said it here. On, I think he said it here. To control why people laugh at you. Yeah, I think that's, did you hear it here? I probably did. I, I think about that twice a day. Yeah, that's what he said that to me, and it's like, I thought about it too. It's yeah. a, you can control why people laugh at you. Right. It's great. It's perfect. <laughs> I mean, I was a bedwetter, you know, the the, the weirdo in the neighborhood. You so were? Yeah, all that shit just stuck with me, so I, I need to control it. You, you wet your bed? Oh, yeah. For how long? Pretty late, you know, yeah. 10, Today? 11. No. Yeah, yeah, I'm covered in urine now. <laughs> but now it's different. It's booze. Yeah. Back then it was just a That's wet. true. But I've peed on a lot of kids. I've peed on more kids than R. Kelly. I mean, just the sleepovers alone. <laughs> Brutal. You know, kids wake up, what the fuck? Jesus. I'm like, I'm sorry. Uh, what was it? What causes it? Uh, they say it's trauma. I don't know. but uh, Could you track the trauma? I think with the neighborhood was rough. We got robbed a lot. We really? Were, our house was scary. Barely, you know, the pipes barely worked. The electricity barely worked. I had a uh, mechanic's like light hanging it. That was my like light. A work my light? Yeah, like a shed light. What? Why? Why? Weren't they, I thought your parents were lawyers. Well, they bought this crazy mansion in Treme that was, you know, dilapidated. Oh, but so it they was, were going to fix it up? They were going to fix it up, but it's so expensive. So they never got around to fixing it up? They fixed half of it, and then they needed more income, so they made that half into a bed and breakfast. Uh-huh. So now we're living in squalor, but then the uh, the bed and breakfast is pristine. Really? Yeah, it was a weird upbringing. So you had people just coming in, quaint people, your mom's making them breakfast and shit? My mom was whipping up French toast, and I got Chinese businessmen, traveling musicians, hippies, whatever, at the table before and, school. Yeah, and you're and you're living in a room with a work light. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know what it's like to jerk off with a, with a work light? It feels weird. Necessary. <laughs> yeah, it was Get actually appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So that's what did it, huh? That's what kind of fucked your head up. I get, and you know, my our alarm would go with this big alarm system in the house, and it would go off at two in the morning. And you're nine years old, going, "Oh God, there's somebody in the house. It's freaky." You know, you could just hear people downstairs. You'd come down, the TV's gone. Oh my God! It was a it was a wacky way to grow up. So, do they still own the house? No, they got two guys came in and tied them up. There was guns, so they moved out. When you were there? No, I was at a Mardi Gras parade. I was fourteen. So, and I came back. There was cops everywhere. It was a whole thing. Oh my god! I know it was wild. So they they tied him up and robbed him. Yeah, you know where's the cash? Where's your was your brother there? He was there. I I I did feel they, guilty that I wasn't there. Did they tie him up? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my god! I know heavy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm too weak for that. I would have crumbled. <laughs> and done what? I would have sure. blown a guy. I don't know. I would have just panicked and be like, whatever you need. Even if they didn't ask you to? Yeah. <laughs> My dad's like, why'd you blow that guy? I'm like, I don't know. I was trying to save the family. <laughs> Stop it, Mark. It's not necessary. He didn't want that. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. So yeah. that is terrifying. Oh, it was horrifying. I mean, the 90s in New Orleans. I moved to New York. I was like, watch out for New York. New York was nothing compared to New Orleans. Were you there during uh, Katrina? 
Or that was yeah. I was in college in, in about an hour away in was, Baton Rouge. That was devastating, man. I went down there and did that comedy show for Bill Sykes. Like within the year, it was less than a year after, wow. and it was still like leveled. Oh yeah, it was I mean, sad. It was, oh my god, the houses with the X's on them and all that shit. Whole neighborhoods fucking gone. Just gone. whole neighborhoods of houses. It was like driving around because we took a, a ride around. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. It was a big blow, but now the city's doing great. It kind of had that like an enema to the city, and now it's thriving. Is it? Yeah. You go back? All the time. See the folks. They're all right? They're all right, yeah. Where's your brother? He's living there, bought a house, wife's a doctor, killing it. Wow. Yeah, he's living the good life. But every, every, every Thanksgiving, he grabs my arm after three beers and goes, don't do it. Oh, really? Like, don't get married. Really? Yeah, he sees you on, you know, Fallon. He's like, oh, man, you're living it up. But I'm like, oh, I'm sad, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But oh god, man! So like, but the the pissing your bed thing wasn't like that show. Do you remember that after school special where the mother put the sheet, hang the sheet out the wind out out no. in front of the? What was it James at fifteen? What was that weird? The bedwetter story it was terrible. No. It was like an after-school special where the horrible mother would hang the sheet out in front of the house, Whoa. so everyone could see. What a cunt! Yeah, and then uh, and then the kid would have to run home before the other kids would pass the house oh, to pull the sheet. Oh, horrible! I mean, Jesus, that I... didn't happen either. No, no, yeah. no, no. My sheets looked like an old treasure map. I mean, with the <laughs> yellow lines on it and everything. But uh, my mom did the crinkly, the the plastic. Oh. So one time I had a friend over and he sat on it and I had to make up a whole thing. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was embarrassing. Hiding man. the bedwetting. Yeah, when that was it? a big part of my life And as a kid. Staying up all night at the sleepover, because if you fall asleep for 10 minutes, you piss. Really? Yeah, I had no control. Oh, my God, it's terrible. Man. So now I'm, you know, I'm on no sleep the next day. We're playing baseball. You know? Trying to be cool. Yeah, just going with it. Oh, that's fucking terrible. I went, I went to a sleepover. My best friend, when I was like eight, seven maybe, was my neighbor. Mm. I, I literally went to a sleepover next door at his house and threw up all over everything. Ah. And like for, forever, you know, the father, like every time I go over there, they had to cut a piece of carpet to, oh. to put over the stain that I oh. made on the rug. Oof. And it was just like, it was next door. So yeah. you got to think like his parents is like, are you kidding me? This so Jew from next door <laughs> came over to our house and just <laughs> threw up. Because his yeah. mom made weird food. I didn't know what it was. What was it? I don't know. I think I was just like nervous. Like hamburger helper or some Gentile nervous. shit? Well, I mean, my my mother couldn't cook, but, you know, it's just it was a whole, it was just weird. Yeah. Because I, th I think it was, when I look back on it, I think it was totally anxiety-based. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. It wasn't like, I wasn't sick. Yeah. I was you just were so nervous. close. You could have just right ran there. home. I could have. Help me. Damn. I could have ran. <laughs> Damn, that sucked, man. He ran home and thrown up. Yeah, that stuff is a kid. Now a kid can just Uber. He can get out of there. You yeah. know, I feel like you were stuck somewhere. How'd you then. get over the pissing thing? I got older. I don't know. I it just went away. Yeah, like at fourteen, it kind of just stopped happening. Thank God. Were you? Did you notice it? Were you like, oh, oh it was great. I mean, you sleep full eight hours and you, you're, you're singing in the morning. Like, uh, was it after the, the the tying up thing? Did that end it? No, that didn't help. Oh. But uh, it was around <laughs> yeah. then because we moved houses, and I maybe that was it. And that's when it happened. Yeah, we went moved to a better neighborhood. Oh my god, they gave up on the project. Yeah, it, it just took them almost being murdered. Yeah, exactly. That's what it took. Not the kids being sad and scared. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, it made us tough. I mean, I, I lived in New York and got mugged a couple times. You did and got bed bugs. Landlord died of AIDS. You know, poor for. 
five, six years. Whoa, whoa, I was that's a, a lot of information. You were yeah. a janitor? I was a janitor. Great gig, by the way. So you get to New York and you start, you move where first? I moved to Crown Heights. Huh. And, and uh, there's, you know, I don't know if you've been there. In Brooklyn? Yeah. 2007, there was still some Jewish black tension then. Mm. And I lived on the black side. Yeah. And so they all thought I was Jewish because of the curly hair and yeah, the yeah. neuroses. And, and the you ran around going like, I don't like them either. Yeah. <laughs> They're all over the place. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But I'd get a lot of like, you're on the wrong side, motherfucker. You know, yeah. from, from guys on the black side. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like also Jews would, you know, I'd come home 5 a.m. drunk and Jews would pull up in a minivan and go, what are you doing? Get in. And I was like, I'm not Jewish. And they would slide that door closed and drive off. <laughs> yeah. It was a nice sentiment till they the, knew the, I was a, the a, a goy. The yeah. Hasids in their station wagons? Yes. Big white minivan slid yeah. the door open. Nothing. Nothing. I said, I'm not Jewish. And they were out of there. What were they going to do? To give you a ride? They were going to give me a ride to the other side of Eastern Parkway. Where you didn't live? No, I was a block away from home. <laughs> but I was a drunk mess. You know, you remember being an open micer. Yeah. You're so clueless and you're- You stand at those clubs all you, You're wandering around for hours. Yes. Three in the morning. Yes. And then, you know, you end up, you know, kind of making your way home. Exactly. After you did a shitty set at two places. Yep. And hung around with Sean Patton for four hours. Yeah. And drinking anything you can. Is that yeah. red wine? Is that beer? Is that liquor? Whatever you got. I just got to cut this anxiety. I'm freaking out. Right, right. So that went on for a while. When where'd you move after Crown Heights? Moved to Bushwick, which was like the the Hamptons yeah. compared to Crown Heights. <laughs> yeah. Got bed bugs there. Then had to move out, and I I bed had bugs like that was like oh, the worst. It's like you Did feel like a nom vet. Did they bite me? Yeah, I was a, I was a wreck. I didn't because I had them at one of the apartments, and they didn't bite me. But they were around. It's so hard to get rid of. That's the thing. My roommate, they didn't bite at all. Yeah. And they went to town on me, and I was furious. But I. It was so menacing mentally. Oh, dude, you wake up at 3 a.m., and you're like, ah, and you can't see them. It's dark. They're dark. You know, it was. And there, there was all these myths about them, like, you can never get rid of them. Yes. They're a thousand years old. Yeah. There's <laughs> no killing them. They're in the walls. Yeah. They're, for, they're forever there. There's impossible to get rid of. If they're in the building, it's over. There's truth to that because I. Bought a new bed, you know, which is all the money I had. I washed all my clothes, and I got an exterminator, and they were still there. Well, that's the thing. Like, I don't know when it started happening, because um, it was after I left. But the woman who was re- subletting my apartment in Queens, they had it got the building got them. Yeah, and I just remember how, like, I got so fucking organized. Everything was in plastics. So yes, I sealed everything same. up, cleaned everything up. A guy came over to exterminate, and he was wheezing. This is Indian dude, mm-hmm. and he's wheezing, going, "It was better when we could use the DMT, the DDT." Oh wow! Like he was mourning the times where they could use real poison, <laughs> yeah. and he could barely breathe the way it was. <laughs> And I don't know if they ever went away, but like it, it, they seem not unlike uh, like a virus to sort of like it got less. Yeah, I don't know how or why, but you know it just seemed you stopped hearing about it for a while. There, it was all you fucking heard about. All you heard about. Don't sit on the subway uh, yeah, right, bench. You'll right, get it. They're right. in the wood. Yeah, they're everywhere. I know. And then you really start were. seeing them when they're not there, and then you, the eggs. Yes. Got to get the mattress. Got to oh. wrap your bed. Got to oh. wrap all your clothes. My closet was just these weird uh, plastic sealed things. Yeah, yeah. So Bushwick bed bugs. And then how do you? Where do you scramble after that? I had sex with a girl who lived in the East Village, and I remember waking up at her apartment and being like, "I gotta, 
this is what it's all about. Just the idea of waking up in Manhattan, on the island, no more L train, no more crossing that river every day. And I, I like vowed to myself, I'm going to move to the village. So I paid 800 bucks for a shoebox with two guys, a DJ and, you know, like a painter. Yeah. And we lived in the on 5th Street and 2nd Avenue in the village. And it was, I loved it. Yeah, I lived on 2nd between 1st and A for years, a couple yeah. of years. Yeah. It's a good area. It's a good area now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I was there in 1989. Holy it hell. Was, it was still a little rough. But you still had Mars Bar and all those cool Doc Holidays. Sure. Yeah. And uh, uh, Save the Robots. And yeah. Like, uh, but there was a lot of dope around and Giuliani had just sort of, it felt like he had just started to do his thing mm -hmm. and crack down on that shit. But there was a lot of the white heroin around, a lot of kids sure. snorting the dope. Yeah, but that could be worse. I mean, at least they're kind of woozy and no, I lived out. No, I lived right next door to a heroin place, and uh, I was sober at the time. But I, I did like living there, though I did you know, get my car broken into constantly. Ah, that's tough. What are you going to do? I didn't get mugged. How'd you get mugged? Where'd you get mugged? I got mugged once in Crown Heights. Crazy story. Drunk. Yeah. Took the subway, you know, two in the morning. Of course, it changed, you know, construction, we're going to take it. So I, I got out like way far away from my house because the the whole detour bullshit with the subways. Yeah. So it's like a 30-minute walk, but I'm like, fuck it, I'll walk it. It's a nice night. I'm right. drunk. I got my headphones in, which is a big red flag, the, the Apple headphones, you know. And I see these guys on the corner. I'm talking like out of a movie, hood shit, rolling dice, yeah. uh, drinking 40s, playing music, the whole thing, stereotype. And I go, I'm just going to cross the street, you know, nerdy white guy, what are you going to do? And then this older guy's coming towards me. And I go, oh, he's got a white beard, he's probably like 65, 70. And right when he gets in front of me, he goes, give me that radio. And he won't let me buy him. And yeah. I'm like, I was so drunk, I go, it's not a radio. Like, it's an MP3 player, yeah. you know? And he grabs it, so I grab it, and now we're doing this shit, tug of war, and then he picks me up by my shirt and starts slamming me against the... You know when a business closes, that metal yeah. gate thing Great. goes down? Yeah. And it's like, pow, pow. It's like this big thunderous booming, and I'm like kicking him and punching him, but he won't budge. Those guys over there, the dice throwers, see this, run over, pull him off me, beat the shit out of the guy... Stomping him, the whole thing. I grabbed my iPod and I ran home. Wow. Yeah, and I asked a cop about it later, and he said those were probably drug dealers, and they can't have a honky getting killed in the uh, in the turf because oh. it'll draw a lot of attention. You didn't so they... understand why they were helping you. Yeah, I had. I thought they were nice. <laughs> I said thank you. I patted one on the back, and I, I ran away. <laughs> Terrifying. Yeah, and boy, this guy was. He must have been PCP'd up. Something was. He was so charged up. This uh -oh. guy cracked up something was going on mm. yeah well you got out of that one and that then was you, one so the girl you swept with in the east village did, yeah where'd that go anywhere no no we, we, but that they, fizzled with comedy yeah but but she inspired you to move yes and i moved there and i never looked back then i lived in, on bleaker street i lived in the village you lived uh, on bleaker all street. over huh you lived on bleaker street bleaker and uh, right by joe's pizza oh yeah beautiful apartment off by sixth avenue yeah oh yeah and wow. that was a game changer the villa i've always wanted to be in the village and you're still there, right? Now I'm there again with a nice big place with windows, and, and I got stairs in my apartment. I got the little uh, railing, pre-war, good times. Yeah? Where's that? Uh, Sixth Avenue, right off Mineta. Oh, really? So you like you live at the cellar? Yeah, basically. <laughs> Mineta Lane and Sixth Avenue. Yeah. Oh, that's great. It's great. It's it's like a fairy tale street. you live street. by yourself? No, me and my lady. Oh, you got a lady? And a cat. Oh, and a cat. How long's the lady thing happening? Whew, a couple of years. I mean, it's pretty serious. Is she a comic? 
Yeah, trying it out. She's she's a newish comic. Got a podcast. Like you got to do. What's her name? Uh oh. I don't know if I'm supposed to be talking about her. Why? She don't want you to? Well, I don't know what she wants out there. Her name's May. Oh, check out her pod. uh, Well, that's what I was going to say. We were had. You're not going to, can't plug her podcast? All right, I'm plugging it. Yeah. We were had. It's like a true crime kind of podcast. That's what it's called? We were had? We were had. Like, we got tricked. Oh, cool. Yeah. And it's going all right for her? Going all right, yeah. Are you doing a regular podcast? Yeah, I got two now. Because I know I see you talking to somebody. Who do I see you talking to? Joe List. And Sam Marill. And Sam Morell. No, but I didn't I see you talking to Joe DeRosa? No. Maybe I love Joe. No, maybe not. So it's List and, and Morell? Yeah, me and Sam have one about drinking, and then me and List have one about kind of the road and living. And Oh, really? Yeah. The whole How thing. are they going? Going great. Yeah? Pods, man. Yeah, I know. You Wait, know. Who, you were about to work Who knew Starbucks. we all wanted to be? Hey, the one thing we never wanted to be, we all seem to aspire to now, radio personality. <laughs> well, isn't it bananas that you talking to some dweeb gets more views than- Conan, yeah, I you know I don't know whose fault that is. I know whose fault it is. <laughs> Those goddamn talentless suits with no vision and no creativity and no balls. I don't know. Well, the, everything is broken apart, and it's very hard to know. Like, you, there's no like one guy anymore. Yeah. So you know, you find your little corner and you just deal with it. If you there can make you a living in your, but it's very odd to me, and I never thought about it until recently. Kevin Christie brought it up to me. Is that like, you know, everyone's doing their version of drive time radio. Like, yeah. you know, like a podcast is a podcast. I get it. But a lot of them are really just, you know, radio shows. Yeah. And it, when I was coming up, it's like that meant that it was over. <laughs> like if you ended up, you know, hosting a radio show, especially a regional radio show, yeah. you were like the sidecar yeah. on a radio show. So I asked too bad. He couldn't cut it. But yeah. now it's sort of like it's expected of you I know. to figure out how to put together your own radio show. It's but it's true. called a podcast. But I guess that's the joke now that everybody's got a podcast. But it's weird that things just go back. People, people things just one eighty, a hundred, or three sixty, all the way back to where it started. Now we're back listening, sitting on the floor, watching the radio. Yeah, I think that's true. Uh, I I do think that because of the DIY nature of it, everybody thinks that they should be able to do something uh, successfully. And who the hell knows what makes someone interesting on these fucking mics? Because there's plenty of people that do it that aren't. Oh, yeah. And I don't know what how they persist. I don't know. Could you do a podcast like every week if like, you know, nine people listened? No, hell no. But <laughs> how it's long like, could you do that? It's like the lottery, though. They go, oh, my, I'll win. It's me. I guess so. But I think it's also a, a, a delusion around the idea that it doesn't take talent to do it. Yeah, but I think they think they're talented. Of course. Yeah. I think that's what I'm saying is the problem. Yes, yes. Well, that's the problem with uh, Americans in general. Well, I know, but it wasn't before everybody could do everything on their own. Of course, of course. Now no one knows when to stop because they just think like it's a matter of time. Yeah, this is new and it's it's not pretty. It isn't. And I've said that and I feel like some sort of weird... uh, entertainment fascist when i say it it's like you know it was better when everyone didn't have a voice i know but then how do you why do you get one and they don't you know, well no, that's, no, no that's i the get rub. it i get it i i mean i understand and everybody should have a a place but like you know to weed through yeah. thousands of comments by people with fake names <laughs> talking about you know bullshit yeah yeah and your mom yeah oh yeah gotta throw her in there but she's, i <laughs> she's part of the stream i think it's almost like having a kid not everybody mm. should have a kid there's a lot of psychos out there no, and I, they, I don't have them they get yeah you know not to have one I you do. know you're nuts yes but that's why but you're allowed to yeah. everybody's allowed to which is a horrible system I, I and a horrible <laughs> idea but how else can it be what are you if, gonna say hey no kids if, if you want to live in a free country yeah this is the price of freedom a lot of bad shit yes being th- put through the fucking <laughs> 
The machine. Yes. Podcasts are like babies. They're too easy to make, and not everybody should have one. <laughs> That's the, the message if you yeah. leave with anything. And now we're just dealing with a lot of crying. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of one kind or another. <laughs> yeah. So when does comedy start to take off? So you're doing what? You're doing open mics? When do you get past at the cell? Are you, Morell and uh, List get passed around the same time, or how's that? Sam got in first. I think he had a kind of a Jew bond over there with, the, with, <laughs> with everybody. Esty? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And, but he's great, obviously. I'm, I'm joking. But uh, And then List... Got sober and just kicked it up a notch career-wise, and and I think we all kind of banded together. And we're like, you got to get this guy in. What's it, like six years ago? Five years yeah, ago? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Six, seven. Yeah. But List was, I mean, he's been doing comedy for 98 years. He was yeah. opening for Dane Cook and DiPaolo and Gullman and all these guys. So he's more of a vet than any of us. Uh-huh. And so when did you, so you start hanging around the cellar like everybody else and kind of making nah. your way towards the table or I'm, what? I'm not a hang guy. No? I stay back. I don't oh, really? bother. I don't make waves. I don't get made fun of. Yeah. I'd rather get in on my own merit. Uh-huh. You know, and these guys who hang out, I never got it. No? Like maybe, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'll just eat wings every night and then if they need a guy, you know, if Geraldo <laughs> dies, I'll be there. <laughs> But yeah, I I just kept I just want to get better, get so better. So you write mind more your own jokes. business? Yeah, mind your own business. Stick with your guys and, and go go do a show, go do a mic instead of waiting around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get up, work it. Yeah. You're not going to do that at a gym. Let me just wait around the gym. Right. No, right. go to the gym and work out. So when when did uh, what was your break opening for Schumer? Really, Schumer was big, but that, I was still a janitor. I was a janitor during the day, mopping up shit in the bathroom, and then I was doing arenas at night with her. Where were you a janitor? I was at like a hedge fund uh, skyscraper in what was that? Midtown. A temp job or it was three days a week, nine to five. How'd you fucking settle on that? I saw it like in a classified ad, and I jumped on it because I was a uh, I was a furniture mover and all this other stuff, but that requires too much thinking. I wanted to be zoned out so I could just think about my act. Uh huh. And uh, I, I worked temp at like a couple universities, answering phones and data entry. I wanted to kill myself. Yeah. You're stuck in a chair, just putting in numbers, Excel yeah. spreadsheet, yeah. nightmare, fluorescent lights, bad coffee, small talk in the kitchenette. Nightmare. Yeah. But at least with labor, you can just kind of move and be free and listen to uh, headphones and yeah. think. And So I like that. So you just took a janitor gig. Mopping, headphones in. You know, you get into like a David Bowie zone and you're mopping. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> and no one's fucking with you. Yeah. no one's. F- I would go to the boiler room and write like a, like a weird, you know, hunchback. So it was just all about the comedy and you didn't want to be interfered. You didn't want the job to interfere with, uh, you know, fuck your head up. Yeah, and you yeah. you were able to accept the zen of mopping. Exactly, yes, yeah, zen of mopping. And there's, you know, they, they say there's very good therapeutic value in cleaning. Oh, yeah. And I think there's truth to that. Sure, man. Except the, the maids at the hotel don't seem happy. But <laughs> that's a whole different ball <laughs> What do you mean? They must be wax. thrilled. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, he already did it. He made his own bed. <laughs> yeah, sticky as hell. Um, yeah. That's a, yeah, when you're when you're cleaning your hotel room out of shame, yeah. that's a that's a, a sign that you might need to get your shit together. <laughs> like I don't want the maid to see this fucking. Oh, good point. Yeah, that could be a bit. Yeah, all right, write, write that down. down. <laughs> all right, now you don't have to try it on a bunch of strangers. <laughs> oh yeah. But yeah, yeah. So janitor was great, but I was doing the Schumer gigs, and then uh, she kind of got me an audition at the cellar. Got in, and then how'd she find you? Oh, crazy story. I was at Comics. Remember Comics? Yeah. I, I saw you there with Garofalo yeah. years ago. Were you judging? 
Ah, I was just so green. I was in awe. Oh. I went and saw everybody. Geraldo, yeah. you, you it know. It was kind whoever. of like they really they really put a lot into that room. I know. And they overpaid everybody and they you know, I was coming in from out of town. They used to put us up at a fancy hotel. Yeah. And you just knew right away it's like, where's this money coming from and how is this gonna survive? So true. I looked at the menu, it said pesto. I said, This isn't gonna last. Yeah, I mean it was like they really did it and it just and it was at the the sort of uh the kind of renaissance of the meatpacking yes. district. But it just like it was doomed. And the crowd was models and blow it, was weird, it wasn't it wasn't gonna work yeah but great club when it and when it worked yeah that was like my home club i would do that bottom room that downstairs oh OTs. yeah 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 that was yeah. like my spot right but uh, i saw patrice there i saw everybody there i yeah. saw you do a live wtf with a tell and that was like legendary and schumer came in at the end of that's that. right that's and right geraldo too yes that was, yeah that was a big one that was a big one i saw that live that i was, was so impressed with amy because like you know she I don't think she was scheduled to come on, and we let her go last. Yeah. And it was after, like, Attell and Geraldo, and I can't remember who else was there. Maybe Joe uh, DeRosa, maybe? Maybe DeRosa, maybe Morgan Murphy. Oh, that's possible. Yeah, Morgan definitely did one. And then, like, Amy just came in and fucking nailed it well, at the fucking end. She's a pro. I mean, she doesn't get her due. She's so good on her feet. Yeah, she really is. Yeah. she Not only did she not get her due, she got, like, a bad rap for reasons that were not correct. I agree. I agree. But, but hey, but that's oh, so she saw you there. I was bombing at a showcase there, and I had one joke work, and she happened to walk through the crowd to go to the green room when I was doing that joke. Yeah, and she, I guess she liked the joke, and she came in the green room and said, "Hey, that was funny." And I was like, "Oh, I'm covered in sweat, like oh really?" Jeez. Yeah, yeah. And she was like, "I'm doing some gigs. You ever want to open?" And I was like, "Oh my god, of course." Yeah. So then we went all over and did a bunch of gigs, and it, you know she wasn't big yet, so it was like Funny Farm and oh club gigs. Yeah, half sold. Yeah, Funny Bones, and then man, she just ticked up, did the roast, then had her own show, then a movie, and then it was the garden. You did I the saw garden the whole with her. Thing. Yeah, yeah, and Madonna. Yeah. What do you mean, and Madonna? Madonna did a set on one. Really? Yeah. That so, was when it was like, "What are we doing? Who yeah. are you? Right? You know Madonna? Right." <laughs> How did that like? How did that change everything for you? Well, she was still cool. I mean, she's a comic all no, the no, way. That's true. So yeah. like, she was not. I remember one time we, I was opening for her at Gotham, and I texted her because I was so broke and miserable. Yeah. And I said, "There's free pizza in the green room. Like, get over here." And she goes, "I'm making sixty grand." And I was like, "Oh, right, right, right." <laughs> so that was kind of when I was like, "Oh, she's she's going up yeah. in the world." Yeah. But how did it feel for you? Like, because I mean, I guess that's it was un- unreal, surreal. The, the one thing about jokes, about like you know, knowing you have your jokes, fifteen minutes, twenty yeah. minutes of shit that works yeah. in a small room. All you got to do is slow it down, exactly. And you know, it's like cake, right? Cake. And now you're glad you got that material. <laughs> yeah. You know, these guys are like I'll make it work, I'll figure it out. I'm like, no, no, I want that tight set so I can kill in this theater. Yeah. So then, yeah, start. I opened for Louis for a while. Opened for a bunch of people at Seinfeld. And, uh, yeah, things started cooking. Was everybody nice to you? Very nice. I felt like the people who weren't nice were the least funny. Uh Uh-huh. There was a lot of that. Oh, yeah? Yeah, like Tom Papa took me on the road a little bit, and he was the sweetest guy ever. Yeah. And he's a good comic. Yeah, he is good. He's a, he got tight craft, that guy. Oh, yeah, he's a pro. Yeah, they, like he's, but it's odd. It's old school, man. You know, there's some weird, it's almost Jack Benny-ish sometimes. Yeah, there's a little of that, but I that's like part him. of the charm. No, 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 I, no it's I think. great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, the, I, I always envy the guys that are that tight. Yeah. <laughs> well, like working with Seinfeld, did you, anything sort of, did, what made an impact on you you know, starting out like that, when you saw these guys, was there something? Because, I mean, we're all stubborn fucking, you know, sure. cunts. Definitely. And, you know, we don't want to really learn anything. But it, it, occasionally you're working with somebody and you're like, oh, I'm going to make note of that. 
Oh was yeah. It, like, but like, was there anything you took away from those experiences? Yeah, mostly the business stuff. Because uh-huh. I know I learned that you got to like kind of say what you like and don't like and stick up for yourself. And you know, if the limo driver's talking to you too much, you got to go, hey. That's enough. Right. And I would go, oh, my God, what are you doing? This is a human being. But yeah. now I totally get it. Yeah. Now you're in a, a town car. You're going, why the fuck's this guy asking me about, uh, you know, Letterman? I don't yeah. know. So I, I, I'm not saying So you had to mean, learn how to be rude. Learn how to be, well, you had to learn how to- <laughs> Boundaries. You know, there you go. That's yeah. the word. Yeah. So that was interesting. Money, like, you're the one going out. They're getting 10%. You're doing all the work. You got to push for this. And I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you said, here, it's 50 bucks, go do yeah, this, Yeah, because you get it. into this mind, right, where where it's sort of like, oh, it's a, it's a gig? You don't yeah. even ask about money. No, of you course know, You're not. sort of like, you know, okay, yeah, I'll drive seven yeah. hours. Sure. Like, Wait, I get to order off the whole menu? Holy <laughs> shit. I've hit the big time. What do we get paid for this, by the way? I'll give you a fucking coffee. All right, I'll take it. Yeah. I got to do Bobby Lee after this. Oh, really? You're doing the circuit? I'm doing the big circuit. This is the new Tonight Show circuit. This is the uh, new late night. I love Bobby. Yeah, he's a good egg. He's funny good, guy. He is very funny guy. <laughs> it's a nut. Now, did you, I mean, obviously you live in a great home. You got a great yeah. setup here. But uh, do you miss that Fucking, because you were part of that heyday, man. Yeah. I'm talking Quinn and Louis and Burr and Attell and Patrice and DePaulo and Geraldo. You were in that. Uh, those were like, um, well, I think Quinn was actually, I, I would put him uh, uh, the generation before me, mm. really. And so by the time I got to New York, do I miss that, being in the dirt of it? What well, was weird, because, you know, Burr's like, I think a, a little younger than me, and he come down from from uh from boston but like by the time a lot of those guys came like i was out of new york by 2002 like after 9 11 i i was you know i was out here yeah and i was in new york from i guess i was there pretty much 89 to 2001 Mm. so like some of those cats came after like i was you know i came to know them from coming back yeah but it wasn't like i was there when patrice first got there i was there like geraldo i knew from the old days but he was actually a little younger than me, because I remember when Geraldo was sort of doing a tell. Uh-huh. Like, like I can remember them starting out. Yeah, the guys that I came up with mostly were like Todd Berry, mm. Jeff Lifschultz, mm-hmm. or Jeff Ross, uh-huh. uh, DePaulo. I knew from Boston because I started in Boston really in '88. Uh-huh. So there were some of those guys, but right. but the guys, some of the guys you're talking about, were like a little after me. Like oh, okay. I was there when Bill came down. Bill. Remember when Bill and Kevin got big deals? Kevin Brennan? Kevin Hart. Oh. I started with Kevin Brennan, too. Like, he was definitely around. He was a big deal. He was great. You know, I don't know, like, you know, now he's got a very weird following. <laughs> sure. You know, and you, know, it, you, you always, every once in a while, I'll see a tweet. I'm like, I don't have a problem with Kevin, do I? Yeah. Does he have I, a I problem with way. me? I you think know? that's all part of the fun. Oh, yeah. I guess is, that's what fun is? Well. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think I'm having a hard time adjusting to the new fun, I Yeah, think. yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean- I was so like you, like racked with anxiety and freaked out. I didn't get past at the cellar until she saw my half hour on HBO. Like mm. everyone else was past at the cellar. You know, Louis was around and, you know, him and Nick and those guys, when I was there, like in 89, they were all working catch in the Whoa. cellar. And me and Todd were wandering around doing like, you know, Boston Comedy Club, the old improv places that, you know, the secondary rooms yeah. that would let us work. There was no alt scene. Yeah. So it was a lot of stress and a lot of like, why can't we fucking get in there? And I didn't like to hang around either. Like the, the Catch Rising Star thing, you had to hang around for that fucking asshole, Lewis, yeah. to choose you. 
to go on at some point in the evening. Yeah. And you could wait there. And it's like, I'm not giving that guy power. And I couldn't stand Manny. I couldn't stand Esty. I couldn't. It's like, I'm not fucking, I can't kiss the ass. Yeah. So in retrospect, you know, once I got past and stuff, it was great for five years. And when, and the alt scene started and that was exciting. But I was a fucking, you know, drunky, drugged up, anxious, angry mess. Hey, we're one of the same, <laughs> baby. <laughs> but those gatekeepers, man, that's what that, that Lewis guy, like the waiting, oh, uh, the dude, I man, pick I, you, it's that God complex. And still, that's what's great about this. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, there's a freedom to it. And, you know, I definitely learned how to to do it to, and I learned how to you know I would I learned how to be on the road in Boston doing one nighter so my training was you know like sort of specific it was shit gigs yeah a two man show mm-hmm. half hour open 45 closer and you yeah. had to figure it out you had to go up cold in a place that yeah. wasn't set up for it's a knife fight yeah man totally but that made you good cuz I'd see you on good shows where you're like ah fuck you guys I'm like no they like you <laughs> This isn't the the, the the Calhoun or oh, whatever the funny. fuck it's called. The Calhoun, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, so you used to be preemptively defensive. Yeah. yeah just sort of like, like, it was Dan Vitale used to do this. He used to open his show at the old improv. He'd just get up there and go like, yeah, I got a feeling that we're not going to get along. <laughs> <laughs> right out of the gate. That's so perfect, though, because we've all thought that. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I appreciate, you know, you know seeing what I saw when I started, because it was sort of the end of that first generation of dinosaurs you saw a lot of the sad old guys Mm. at the old improv and a lot of the young guys coming up and i saw guys in my generation who i love actually get funny yeah it's a weird thing to to like be starting out with somebody like todd or jeff ross where it was like you know you're not funny i mean you're funny but like someone like todd who's hilarious he he only has the todd speed yeah so true so like but his commitment to it was astounding because yes. like he wouldn't he couldn't change yeah he made it work right it's so almost he, like Borgazzi. exactly yeah you watch these guys get funny because they're not there's no there's no default gear yes <laughs> yes that's true and uh and it was all it was sort of amazing and i, I have like deep uh you know kind of what like nostalgia and, and feelings about like a lot of the dudes in a tell I, who else was around? Mark Cohen, Keith was there. Mm. But like, I used to make Attell leave the room when uh, I got passed at the cell. I get it. I get it. I had to go on stage. You know how he does like a two-man thing sometimes? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I do that all the time with all these comics. We have a blast. And with him, I just shut down. My brain goes blank. And he's like, what's going on with you? I'm like, ah, I got yeah, nothing. Yeah, because yeah, I, I was so emotional and weird. And the cellar was always weird for me because I was I was sort of angry and it wasn't always intentional. And, mm-hmm. you know, Est- and Manny would always come down. Like he, when he was alive, you know, you'd be on stage and he'd come and look around all panicked. Yeah. You know, like, are they laughing? Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, my God. That's what scared me about the clubs was there was money involved. It was a business. I mm. like a shit bar in the middle of nowhere where, you know, the lights are barely on because you felt comfortable. There no stakes. Yeah. You're letting me tell my dumb zingers on stage. Nobody should be paying for this. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, you learn and you learn about like what the cellar is and what Gotham was and what, you know, the comic strip was. And there's and you'd run around and stand up. New York was another yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Boston Comedy Club, you know, all those places, you know, that was when you kind of did that thing where you try to, on a weekend night, you try to like line up four to six spots. Hell yeah. And you do three different clubs and you're running around like fucking nuts. Yeah, I miss that, I guess. Ah, uh, the journey, man. It's all about the journey. Yeah, man. And so, but you made it. You did it. I did all right. It, you know, it wasn't all about stand up. Oddly, you know, it was, you know, it was the podcast at the end of the line there. Everything turned around and, you know, everything kind of came together. Yeah. When I was 45. 
But isn't it weird how you almost, you were at the end. Oh, you, I dude. kept hearing you say, I, I know, almost I got a Starbucks job. No, it wasn't a Starbucks job. I didn't know what the fuck I would do. Yeah. I go, that's the only thing I had to go back to. I haven't had a day job since I worked in a restaurant in 87. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Which is so funny. They were like, could you imagine going to this people doing that for their whole life? And we're like, could you imagine? But yeah, but like, it's like, no, but I mean, it's like, what What am I prepared to do outside yeah. of show business? Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. We're and I, I never... I never set out to write for other people. I never set out to be a showrunner. I'm not a TV writer. I'm a fucking yeah. stand-up. Yeah. So it's not like I can be like, I'm just going to get on a writing crew. I don't know how to do that. You know what I mean? <laughs> you I'm not can gonna, do it. No, I, I yeah. I, well, now that I know what it is, you sit around in a room with 10 other guys. I know. Man. It's free bagels. <laughs> Seems pretty good. And they get paid handsomely, <laughs> it might I add. But yeah, no, I know what you mean. But that's the annoying thing when people go, oh, you work an hour a night. Oh, it must be so. Oh, you do a oh podcast. God, no, you, you talk s- for a living. It's like, fuck you. I did 12 years of grinding and no we money. We sacrifice and- our life. Yes. We roll the dice with our future because most people, they're just sort of like, what do I got to do to get the security I need yeah. to feel like I can deal with life? Yeah. We go like, yeah, fuck that. Yeah. We're just going to try this thing. I know. Because we have no choice. Years. Right. I did a Gotham asked me to do some kind of Q&A thing. We're like, hey, you're doing okay now. Talk to some young comics and a- answer questions. I was like, all right, sure. I'll yeah. talk comedy. So it was five in the afternoon. Everybody's in a suit. And uh, I'm standing behind a desk on the stage and they go, Raise their hand. I go, yeah, what's up? He goes, how do I get an agent? I'm like, well, you got to get good first. How do I get good? You got to go up and do a bunch of mics. How long does that take? It's like, well, you're already out. You're done. <laughs> I got two dogs. Uh, how do I make time to do comedy and have a job and work with my dogs? I'm like, you're out too. <laughs> if you're worried about the dog, you're fucked. But they don't. They want this shortcut, and they all hated me by the end of it. Yeah, I, I had a hard time. I, I did that. I was asked to do... Uh... One of these fucking like I was I'm, I'm sort of uh, mad that I didn't see it before like the, one of these kind of podcast uh, um, s- festivals, mm-hmm. which was really put together by fucking hack radio consultants <laughs> who were you know pushing this idea that uh, podcasting was some sort of entrepreneurial venture that anyone could do, right? And they had all these booths of people selling microphones and uh, you know, podcast equipment and all these fucking you know sad people that thought this was going to be their big life changer, right? Yeah, yeah. And they wanted me to be the keynote speaker. So, like, I did a few of these where I was sort of like, look, there's no guarantees. I know. This isn't you know, Sally no, Mae. No, you can't fucking, like, you know, I, I'm lucky. Yeah. My timing once in my life worked out. Yeah. And I had a certain skill set. Right. But you, I don't know if any of you have that. <laughs> you, you can't get into this thinking you're going to make money. Are you out of your mind? Of course. And so that, that was a short-lived uh, sidebar career. Yeah. The uh, keynote speaker. That didn't, <laughs> I didn't last. They'll, they'll find out soon enough, but yeah. That's weird how people just think that. Oh, this is an uh, this is an option. Well, I just fucking. It's, but it also speaks to that thing where we live in this world where it's like all of a sudden everyone thinks they can do this, mm. which is fucking annoying because if they do it once, then they think they can do it. Yeah. And then we got like you know what about? And I don't want to be that guy. It's like, can you do an hour and a half anywhere, anytime? Yeah. 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 Can you do the job? Yes. No, I think you're onto something here. I'm with you. Mm. But but it's weird because like you what can't do we? Tell we, we that. What, what, what we can't be sitting here going like you don't know. I know. Wait, you're that old guy. It's like, what do you got? Twenty minutes, maybe. Yeah, boomer. Keep working at it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
I don't but know. hey, but I now like I haven't done it in a year. I don't even know what I got. I don't even know if I want to do if I can do it anymore. I got to get up on stage and do the stand up and figure out where I'm at now after a year of this and uh, grief and fucking. Yeah, you're gonna get back up and it's all I've you're gonna it love half, it again. I've oh. done it like half my fucking life. I, mean, I, know, I, but, I would assume that it's gonna come back. Well, no, but I mean <laughs> that feeling. I'm saying that, yeah, yeah, that yeah, joy, yeah. that euphoria, that you think fun. So? Yeah, oh yeah, it's coming back. I know. I just gotten that. It took me. It took me 20, 30 years to get that to actually have that. <laughs> I was faking it for thirty years. Well, you had some killer Conans, man. What yeah, did you do, Conan, right. 50 times? Yeah, yeah. They're, yeah, I mean, I, all. Yeah, well, I mean, some of them were okay. Oh, a lot my, of them were okay. The, the, the young girl joke is great. And oh, yeah. That's a great joke. You know what's joke. funny about that? Oh, the teenage girl joke? Yeah. I love that joke, and I did that on Letterman. And uh, I got an email a few years back. Uh-oh. Somebody like saying like you know that you know you have that clip up on your website you know it's not a good look you might want to take it down like what erase myself yeah. that's a great joke that it's that joke, joke holds up it may not be culturally appropriate yes. right now you know for whatever reason but the, the the logic of the joke is tight the logic is tight the structure is good and that's the thing about jokes people don't get it's all mechanics I'm just saying this and then I twist it with that it's not about the message well I mean but I understand there's a message to it but it's honest and it's why. Like what you were saying in your special, it's like, you know, if you're going to let the things that you think out of your head, even though you know that, you know, they may not be correct, Mm -hmm. that that is still what you're doing. And it's part of our job to do that. Yeah. So, so like the, the fact that that runs a risk, you know, we have to shoulder that. But like I even when I think I about so. that, you know, I, when I think about that joke and when I think about what the, I first of all, I'm not going to, you know, try to revise history, my own history. Yeah. But then I really thought about that joke and I'm like, no, this this does. This is not incorrect. No, no. That joke you know? works. But yeah, but it's like, you know, we all know innately. It's like, all right, I'm, this needs to be I need to put this out there because it's drive. It's something in me. Yes. And and then and it's not everybody's life and it's not. But it is a real human feeling that a lot of people keep into in. Side of, of course, of course. But that's sort of our job. Exactly. Is to release that valve, and it's tricky now. I know, but it, I thought people liked when that valve was released. They Why do. Why are you trying to attack the releaser? Well, I, I'm not sure. Like, there, there are certain things like, look, man, I mean- I, there are certain words I don't have to say, and I can live my life. Same, and and I'm okay with that. Same. If it hurts people, it hurts people, and and you know if that if that's like you know like, like well you know the you know the words, but yeah, but the, but also there and there are some words that no matter how you frame it, even if you're making a joke about like uh, not saying the word, yeah, yeah, you, you're just kind of fucking with it. Yeah, but that's fun. It is fun. And but they you know, like it too. I mean, when you're a kid, you go, "What? how do you say this in French? How do you yeah, say yeah. that curse word? I mean, that's, yeah, where, yeah, that's yeah. where our brain goes. Right, right. But it's just, it's a tricky thing uh, to to really weigh, like, does is this really culturally um, problematic? Right, and, and, right, and right. do, is it worth, do I want to die in that hill or do I want to keep doing it? I hear you. You know, so you, that's just part of our job too now, I guess. I completely agree, and but I think- there's hills to die on and then there's we could do that all day where you go all right well that's going to get me in trouble so now we've lost every word no yeah but it's not a matter of trouble yeah it's a matter of like you know because like oddly what's happening i think culturally is that there's there's a good chunk of the country Mm -hmm. that would love for you to say fag all day long yeah now so it it really it's going to really depend on like do you want to straddle both worlds do you want Mm. to like yeah it's going to come down to that you can literally go do the most heinous 
comedy possible. Yes. You know, like, you know, corpse fucking, uh, you know, hanging Jews, whatever it is. Yeah. You can do that and find a crowd. Oh, yeah. So, but, but so then it becomes like, so what, what's your moral universe? Like, you know, like, dude, is there a balance here? You don't want to be that guy. Agree. <laughs> but can't there be context where you, you said that? Some fucked up thing, but it's in the sure, context of, of a course. joke, or you're referencing someone else who said it. Of course. So that's when it gets hairy because I'm like, sometimes it sounds like you just want to win this and beat me instead of actually caring about justice or morality. Right. Well, well, yeah, it's a it's a trigger thing. Yeah, and it's me, me, me. Like, hey, I'm gonna change you. I'm gonna I'm gonna be the hero instead or, or, of let me actually fix this problem. Or it's just their way of of being like uh, uh, heard, heard being. But it's a victim mindset, right? Yeah. Sort of like Which it's is very condescending, popular. right? But it, but it really is kind of weird. It's just that like there's there's plenty of places you will never get in trouble. It's oh, really yeah. just. But oh, do you yeah. want to be part of that? I know, I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah, a lot of people are going all one way, and it's right. Their career is really spiking from it. But I don't want to do that. Mm. I I like being a good guy. I want to be nice and. Get well, I along. think that well, well, I think that what you see there, and I think that what I deal with too, it's it's that struggle. Yes, it's, it's the struggle to be a good guy is funny. I believe that. <laughs> I completely, because we're not deep down. <laughs> you know, well, no one is. I mean, we're, we're all, in, we're all in garbage. Original sin or whatever you want to call well, it. No, no. I think we all have, you know, it's like you said on the special is that we all have these things in our minds, but, you know, I don't know if that requires a moral judgment. Humans are complicated. Yeah, but we're I complex. Think that, but I think by, you know, if you really were to look at your behavior in the world, you are a good guy. Right, right. I got you're you. are not an animal. You're not a monster. But you want to tell them that sometimes when they call you a monster for making a Down syndrome joke. And right. Like, no, I'm not. I just made a joke. Right, But right. They, they, they don't care. Well, a lot of times they just want to be heard. And yeah. You're like, yeah. I understand. Uh, I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. You go, or we can just not cater to the one lady who's furious out of five hundred. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which well, is like, yeah, but and you don't want her to, you know, call up a, a five hundred other ladies. Yeah, I mean, you got that, right. that, that. That happens in a second. I know. On Twitter, it's like I now know. there's five hundred Karens, <laughs> and they're all watching your special. Yeah, and they are leaving down thumbs. <laughs> But, but down. I think you straddled the line well. And it was, Thank uh, you, man. Good talking to you, man. Oh, wow. All right. Thanks for having me. This was you a feel treat. You all right? Yeah. Appreciate okay. it. Comedy. All right. Mark Norman, people, got real towards the end, didn't it? We got there, didn't we? His new special, Out to Lunch, can be seen on YouTube or at marknormandcomedy.com. And his podcast, Tuesday with Stories, along with Joe List, you can get at podcasts, wherever you get them. You know, podcasts. Yes. Okay. Guitar time.
Monkey, La Fonda, all of them. Cat angels everywhere. 